This, this is the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy, Happy Hour. Hour. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And by SWBC Mortgage. Financial solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. Now your host, Kevin Turner. Well, hello world. It is the Happy Hour brought to you by SWBC. BC Mortgage. I am Kevin KT Turner from the Ben and Skin Show on 105.3 The Fan. We do this every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network as well as 105.3 The Fan. Basically what we do is we have a good time. We talk Cowboys and we get a panel and I've, I've assembled a pretty good panel tonight. Not that I had anything to do with scheduling it, but I feel like I've done a good job tonight. Because I've got Jay Novacek, former mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys oh. tied in here. Hello, Jay. How are Easy. you? I- so you got like four people against me? <laughs> no, we're all one big super team. Against. Okay. Right. I've, I've, I've never been on the side of a reporter once. <laughs> I guess I can sit here all right. You, can you know what? what? I could vouch for that too, <laughs> yes, by the you way. Can. <laughs> M- Mickey and I go back long. I mean, he's like one of the, uh, the very first individuals that uh, were on the uh, enemy side. That's right. Um, reporters. And... Uh, we got, we got along good. From the year he got here, right? 1990. 1990. Yeah. As a plan B for Back in the day. And that was Another the, great move by the Cardinals not to protect <laughs> Jay Novacek. <laughs> and that was the voice of Mickey Spagnola, of course, of DallasCowboys.com. Hello, Mick. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us again tonight. And also we have from DallasCowboys.com, Brian Broaddus. Hey, KT, guys. How we doing? Good? We're, we're good? Yeah. We're doing good. I've yeah. been, I'm enjoying this Wednesday night show. Yeah. It's been a lot of it fun. It is good. A lot of fun. Uh, and then also Jeff Skin Wade from the Ben and Skin Show. Why, thank you, Kevin. It's nice to see you for the second time today. Yes, <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. uh, I spend a, a majority of my life with Skin, it seems. Yeah, uh, too much time for you. On a day-to-day basis. So he's here tonight. And uh, I figured, hey, we, we, we got a good team together tonight because coming off a Cowboys loss, I think that would get spirits up for a win on uh, Sunday. So yeah. that's, what I, that's what I was kind of aiming for, even though, again, I had nothing to do with the scheduling yeah. of this broadcast. Just claim credit for it. Let's, uh, let's start out with last week and then get, get rid of that and just kind of put it to bed, right? Let's start out with that. Kind of a weird game. Uh, Jay, I, I, I'm, when you played, was the environment in New Orleans – Kind of like it is now and has been over the last 15 years? You know, probably probably not like right now. But um, they had an unbelievable linebacking core back then. Yeah. And uh, so they, they, they liked that team. And, you know, it wasn't the Aints. It was uh, <laughs> back to the Saints. <laughs> so, uh, you know... You know, talking to Daryl Johnston, you know, who always had to go up there and block all those guys and right. myself with, with everybody around me and, and having having that good of a defense that they had. Um, you know, the, the one thing that, uh, that you always had to have in the back of your mind was they were going to hit you. They were going to be right there. You weren't going to be able to catch a ball and, and turn up field. You're going to catch a ball and get hit. I think there's a very interesting thing about this current uh, rendition of the Saints is we've been – uh, you know, in our head, uh, it's we've been conditioned to think it's Drew Brees and it's an explosive offense, and that defense re- is really good. And I think there was a little bit of Cowboys uh, panic after Cowboys fan panic on the streets after after a loss where you only put up you know ten points and things weren't 
really moving very well offensively, but that defense deserves a lot of credit for how that game went on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I was going to say, Jay got here in 90, so he missed the 89 game there uh, when the Cowboys went in <laughs> yeah, there for can, the you, season opener, right? Yeah, you can't blame me for that. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, if you wanted to see a crowd all riled up, so they're going to open the season against the Cowboys, against this college coach, Jimmy Johnson, and a new owner, and the Cowboys finished the preseason 3-1. and one. They beat Houston by a last-second field goal in the final game, and they went running off the field, and, boy, they had the world conquered, right? And then they met the Saints. They got beat 28 to nothing. I'm not sure they had 100 yards offense. Kind of sounds familiar. And the quarterback, <laughs> and the quarterback got the ever-living daylights out of him in his NFL debut, right? And you think them people in New Orleans didn't enjoy that? Yeah. Let me tell you. Were they taking the preseason way too seriously back then? Oh, they they, ran off the they field? didn't quite understand right. what the preseason was back then, yeah. And there was uh, so much uh, kind of local criticism and right. angst and all these things about these guys coming in and you got rid of Tom Landry and all that. So I think... Jimmy and Jerry probably felt very defiant about, well, we'll show you guys. Look what we've done in this preseason. And then, man, it was it was ugly watching in 89. And I think Jimmy understood what they had at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it was a young team with old guys, and this ain't going to work out too well. I'll, I'll direct this one at you, Broadus. You know, my initial takeaway from Sunday night's game was, hey, this is too – playoff caliber teams yeah. here just kind of beating the crap out of each other right it's kind of what happened we saw it last year when it was a 13 to 10 game absolutely it's very similar to that yeah two defensive coaches going at it with dennis allen in new orleans had a great game plan the way that they were able to play a couple of different coverages and kind of you know take dallas out of their you know ability to throw the ball down the field with the cover two stuff and then the clog and cover that they run when they rush three drop eight you know all those things that kind of play into how you uh, trying to move the football. And, you know, teams the, in the previous three weeks had really not been able to do anything against this Cowboy offense. But the Saints, you know, they did a nice job with their front, the way they were controlling it. And then they matched up their best corner with your best receiver and then dared your other receivers to have to win on the outside. And that was a very difficult task for them to have to do in this game. And, you know, ultimately that's why you don't score a number of points. But on the flip side of that, Chris Richard and Rod Marinelli did a heck of a job. Yeah. Even though it was Teddy Bridgewater playing quarterback, having to deal with Alvin Kamara. I know that Mickey and I were talking on our show. If Alvin Kamara would have got 90 total yards you know, overall, you would have said, hey, we'll take it, let's move on kind of a thing. Right. But, uh, yeah, both defenses, and it's happened two years, really back-to-back, -back, where the coordinators had really great plans, well-executed, poor jobs by the offense on their end. Execute. I'm including the Saints last year and then the Cowboys this year. You know what's amazing to me is that we're in the information age. And, like, here's a great example. Dallas Cowboys have their own media team that does an exceptional job. We have two of those people on with us here tonight. And the coverage is incredible. And there's more available insight and information than there ever was, especially, like, when Jay played, for example. There Absolutely. was so much fan misinformation. But I, a week ago, Thursday night game, I thought that Philadelphia Green Bay game was incredible. Right. And I'm and I'm uh, the game's over and I'm looking at Twitter and people are like, "Oh, those teams are trash." I'm like, "That's two of the <laughs> yeah. best six teams in the NFC." And then the same reaction after Sunday night. And I I think what happens is is fans don't realize how I don't care who the opponent is, how difficult it is to win a yeah. football game. Yeah. You have to have so many things go right and your team was a team of really brilliant execution. 
you know, we talk about the, the triplets and the line and your connection with Troy, but you guys were so good at executing, which is one of the reasons why you guys did what you did because it's so hard to execute in football. But you also have to look at <clears throat> what the score was at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. We weren't blowing people out then. Right. Yeah. yeah. We took control then. Yeah. yeah. And so, yes, it is. Um, obviously, this last game with the Cowboys, you know, you get two uh, fumbles yeah, kind of back-to-back. Yeah, absolutely, that, yeah. that you, you just can't do that. Right. And the other thing, a lot of teams, when they lose their starting quarterback, they will rally with everyone because they know they have to pick it up. Sure. They have to play a good game all the way across the board. Good teams do that. And that's what the Saints did. They're a very good team. You know, we're, mm. we're, we're talking about yeah. a Heck really yes. good team. Yeah. And so – you look at all these little factors and you look at the turnovers and I know that they, they threw an interception, but, and they also, you know, it's a sloppy game. They had what, how many penalties? Yeah. Lots. Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. They yeah. ended you up know, with nine or 10. Nine right? or the 10. Saints did. Yeah. Killer penalties yeah. too. It was bad. And, and so you, you, you put all that back together and you say, okay, let's, let's go ahead and have everybody play turnover free game, minimal, minimal penalties. What's the outcome of, of the game then? And that's how I try to look at games of, of who's, who's the better team if we don't have those mistakes like who, that. Who do you think was the better team after watching that game? I think last week it was the Saints. I, I think they were the better team. But that doesn't mean – the Cowboys just can't get on a losing streak. Mm-hmm. Right. We lost games. Right. And we won Super Bowls. Right. It's not the worst thing in the world. They need to come back out, get back on winning streak, win three or four again, and, and they're right back on track. Everything's right. going to, you know, they're all going to be, everyone's going to be saying that's the best team in the NFL right now. You know, Jay brought up the fumbles, and it wasn't just losing two fumbles. It's where they lost them. Right, yeah. midfield. You're at midfield. Yeah. You're driving. You know, another 10, 15 yards, you've got an opportunity to kick a field goal, right? Three points. You lost right. by two. So th- that was the worst part. It wasn't like they were getting swarmed and they're at the 20-yard line losing fumbles. They're crossing the 50-yard line, and, gosh, those hurt, you know, as bad, I guess, or maybe worse. Well, because you know you can drive the ball down. You know you can have success offensively against a very good defensive team. And when you, when you have that and you, and you lose that opportunity, that crushes you. You know, we talked about this, KT, on the show because we have Travis Frederick on every Monday. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this team never really getting a rhythm. They had that great drive in the third quarter, but that was really the only awesome yeah. drive. And the way this season has unfolded, kind of slow starts, but the time where the teams got going in the first three games was when you had back-to-back fumbles. Yeah, you get in the flow of things, and the, and the game flow totally matters. I think also a thing that matters is time of possession. I mean, the Saints had the ball for 36 minutes. The Cowboys had the ball for 24 minutes. Just do the math there. Yeah. The Saints had the ball for 60% of the game. Yeah. And in a two-point game like that, it kind of makes a big difference. But uh, let's take a quick break. Oh, yeah. Let's come back. Let's talk about some of the Cowboys' injury news uh, from today. Talk a little bit about what's going on uh, in the NFL because I'm interested in what Jay was saying about penalties and uh, a, a defensive philosophy I want to run by you guys as well. It is the Happy Hour brought to you by SWBC Mortgage on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Three minutes, guys. Three minutes.
back, back to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Casting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Thank you very much, announcer man. Appreciate it. This is segment two of four of the Happy Hour, brought to you by SWBC Mortgage on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, as well live locally. On 105.3 The Fan, I'm Kevin K.T. Turner from the Ben and Skin Show, along with Jay Novacek, former Dallas Cowboy great, mm-hmm. Mickey Spagnola and Brian Broaddus of DallasCowboys.com, and Jeff Skinway of the Ben and Skin Show as well. Meh. Yeah, kind of meh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talked about uh, the, the loss a little bit of the game. I, I, there was something that Jay said that sparked my interest. Do we have a penalty problem in the NFL? Because there were so many flags in that game. And as a guy who sat on the couch and watched about 10 hours straight of football on <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> get ready to watch a man explode. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. I'm excited. Mickey, go ham? Yeah. Mickey is going to catch on okay. fire in front of our eyes. I right should have brought my white hat with yeah. the shield yeah. on the front. You know, I'm right. going to give Mickey a second to get his words together. So we'll let Jay go first. And go. Then Mickey, you're next. Do we have a flag problem in the NFL? Was it that bad when you played? Uh, it, it was when you got beat. Jimmy always said one of the things that Jimmy said that always stuck in my mind is it doesn't matter how many great plays you make it matters how many bad plays you make and there's so true when you make bad plays I mean it is very difficult to make up for it and you have to have a bunch of great plays to make up for one bad play and so penalties are just like that. And I, I think the NFL is trying to figure out what in the world they're going to do with some of these plays. Um, Cooper, two offensive, pen, offensive yeah. pass interferences. They were killer. No, no that, that, I'm a receiver, but those were bad calls. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm pretty – I understand both sides of it because there for a while a defensive back could not touch a receiver and they were getting thrown penalties, and sure. that was completely wrong. Sure. And so they have to figure out what they actually – how they want this game to be played. And that's one of the things the officials in the NFL have to, to really come about and, and say this is what the offense can get away with, this is what the defense can get away with. Because it, it, it's not that what they're going to stop, it's what they're going to allow them to do. Right. And so that, that's the whole thing. You know, and, and I think the thing is, if you're going to allow the defensive guy to get his hands on the receiver as they're hand fighting down the field, then I think the offensive guy has the right to get the hands off of him. You know, yep. and that second one was just ridiculous yes. on Cooper. And it was costly, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. 10 yards, right? Yeah. yeah. Put 10 yards from where they threw the Hail Mary, and they might be they're kicking a field goal. Exactly. Sure. And I think and that was the first down, wasn't it? Would have yeah. been the first it was, down. It was, maybe yeah. they have time to get field goal range. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and so, you know, all, all he was doing was getting his hands off him, and the guy lost his balance. He didn't push him. Right. Yeah. And the guy that throws the flag is behind it. So he can't see what's happening in front. All he sees is the end result. You know, it was sort of like the playoff game with the Rams, and I'm going to get on my soapbox Uh-oh, again. Here we go. But the Cowboys finally stopped the Rams in that second quarter, right? Yeah. And, and, and they threw an incompletion, Goff threw the ball to the right, and on the left side, on the line of scrimmage, Byron Jones goes to chuck the guy, and the guy comes up with his hand like this to get it off, and the hand goes up and hits the face mask, and they called hands to the face. The guy was 25 yards downfield. Now, what are you doing? 
I, you didn't see that. I think it's a problem uh, that needs to be discussed uh, with the officials. And, uh, they're working on trying to fix their their staff of officials and 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 try to help those guys out. You know, I, so I understand that's a job I couldn't do. I totally understand that. But they need to have a quality of the the product discussion. It's not entertaining yeah. if you're watching football and it's Sunday night and it's the only game people has have eyes on. And there are flags just every two minutes. You're getting a flag. Well, this and is, it's not just Sunday night. It, no, all, you, it's you all day said long. It. You watched it all day long, right? But especially when it's the only game on. It's like, uh, know, <laughs> that stage. know that people are watching you, you know? Well, this is where I agree with Jason Garrett on he, he just wants uniformity of the, of the calls. If you're yeah. going to call, I know, Skin, you're a big basketball guy. As these crews work with each other, you just want the fouls to be called the same way. Yeah. I think that's all what the players would like and the coaches would like. If this is going to be pass interference, then make sure it's called the same way. If this is going to be illegal hands to the face or this is going to be a chop block or this is going to be defense fold, make sure it's called the same way by every crew. The problem is when you play in a game and then one week, you know, you get uh, Walt Anderson's crew calls it this way. And then you turn around and John Perry's crew the next week. Wait a minute, I, I this happened to me last week, and now it's that. That's I think that's the biggest issue. You what know? are the I mean, rules? That, yeah, what <laughs> yeah. are the rules? And you know, and and Mickey and I had this discussion on air the other day, and you know, and and, and Mickey's right in a lot of ways about you know, you know, the reviewable plays and what you can do and all that stuff like that. I'm to the point of like, let the players decide it. You yeah, know, yes, I would too. rather, and I don't know, I mean, Jay, you might totally disagree with me, but I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm one of these guys that if it's going both ways, you know, if there's a hold in both ways, don't call a penalty two minutes in the, at the end of the game on a, a phantom holding or a phantom chop block or something like that. You know, let the players decide it on the field. Again, Mickey says I say it's anarchy, and he might be right, but I, I think it's, I think to me, I would rather get beat by, by, by the players than I would the officials. Well, uh, there's a few things I want to throw out here. Number one, I think we're starting to see this. Because of review and it's human nature, I'm seeing indecision now. And because they know that they're being critiqued and they know that their work is going to be immediately reviewed, it's human nature to be defensive about that. And a lot of times that leads to indecision. Right. Okay, that, that's, that's something. What you just said about different crews calling different things, this is one of the most profound referee moments I've ever had. This is in the basketball world. Mavs, Mavs are getting ready to start a series with the Grizz. And the great Hubie Brown, one of the greatest coaches of all time, is calling the series. So me and Ben go down there and we're standing there. Oh, my God, we're with the great Hubie Brown. Hubie, what's the key to this series? Well, the first thing is who's refereeing the game. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. I spent my first half year in Memphis conditioning these referees on how to call my games. Yeah. And if that isn't the biggest uh, sort of revelation about human nature sure. and how you can manipulate people and all these things. But when I went from watching the game from this perspective over here to watching it on a broadcast, it's amazing how much angles change your perspective because there's things that you see and how do you not see that and then i see the reverse angle on the camera i go oh i see how he didn't see it his eyes mm -hmm. sort of told him that this is what happened but he didn't have the angle this is an imperfect science and when you get guys inside their own head doing a difficult job you're gonna have all these mistakes yep. it's just tough so jay you had it kind of both ways before uh, instant re uh, um, video review 
and none. Which did you like better? I think you have to limit it. You know, you have yeah. to limit. If it's a touchdown, it needs to be called a touchdown. Right. And that's one of those things that uh, that really helps everybody out. Because now, how many, I mean, back then nobody ever said, well, where was the ball at when he went out of bounds? Right. Where was yeah. the ball at right. when the knee went down? Right. And now everybody in the world knows that, sure. hey, that ball crossed that tip of that ball crossed that end zone. Right. It's a touchdown. Doesn't right. matter. And everyone knows that. Right. So that defined all that immediately when the instant replay came about um hell everybody held me so you know, <laughs> you know i i've uh, to me i've always said just touchdowns and turnovers and then we don't need to review other stuff because that opens up a big box but i kind of equate it to hey the world is changing like it's kind of like um there's a comedian his name's brian simpson and he's got a bit about a long time ago when you go to a restaurant and uh you, you had a you wanted to leave a bad review you just you said screw it, you know, like you didn't do anything about it. Yeah. And now you go online and people are leaving reviews. Oh, they didn't give me a napkin. I asked for napkins too long. It's, it's kind of like, like addictive almost. It, things have changed so much. Yeah. And now it's like, it's like, wait, everyone in the world is going to get screwed by the refs. Every fan base is going to get screwed by the refs. Yes, they will. Let's just accept it. Yeah. I mean, you know, even, and even if you're going to do a review, this is my biggest issue. If you're going to do a review, then you better be like 100%. That Zeke first down the other night? Yeah. Was that a first down? Okay. Did that kind of look like it probably shouldn't have been a fumble? I, I, I love this. I love two things you said. Number one, I love the idea of only reviewing touchdowns and turnovers. I agree. I love that. And then number two, I saw somebody tweet this, and I was like, I'm going to steal it because it's a great idea. If they're reviewing it, it's because you have doubt. So if you have doubt, why wouldn't you review it with a clean slate? This whole idea of conclusive evidence why does it matter if exactly. you're reviewing it in the first place? What are you seeing? And then lastly, I would be really okay with touchdowns and turnovers if they change the incredibly punitive nature of pass interference. That is the most game-changing call in sports. Yep. If you can flip a field by 50 yards, that's a ridiculous penalty. There's got to be something that is not as punitive for that penalty. Yeah, because it's college football, 15 yards. Yes. But then again, you'll get guys pulling each other down they late do that, in the game. Well, offensive linemen yeah. do that, though, yeah. and then they get 10 yards for it, right? right. right. They'd rather get the 10 no, yards no. than no. give up it the happens. sack. It happens. Yeah. Pass interference is the most impressive and most demanding, uh, the greatest call ever. Okay, receiver. Okay, receiver. <laughs> this is a very biased opinion coming from down there right now. Especially, especially if Deion Sanders is holding Michael Irvin <laughs> yeah, okay. in a playoff game up in San Francisco when we should have had an opportunity yes. to go score and win the game and win four Super Bowls in a row. No doubt. Bam! No doubt. Case closed. You did it. All right. That was our uh, soapbox on NFL officiating. We'll, uh, we'll get back to the Cowboys in the next segment. Do the Cowboys have an injury problem on their offensive line? We'll get the latest on the Cowboys. Take a look at the Packers. That's next on the Happy Hour, brought to you by SWBC Mortgage on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network and 105.3 The Fan.
back, back to the back. SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Thank you very much, and thank you to SWBC Mortgage for bringing you the happy hour every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, as well as 1053thefan.com locally. Tonight's panel, aside from myself, I'm KT from the Ben and Skin Show, is Jeff Skinwade, Brian Broaddus, and Mickey Spagnola of DallasCowboys.com, and a man who not only used to play for the Cowboys, but was also just delivered... A very impressive-looking steak here from the Cowboys Club. It's Jay Novacek. Cowboy ribeye, right? Cowboy ribeye. Right. I recognize that thing when it pulled up. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was the tomahawk. Yeah, it yeah. almost looks like a tomahawk. I, I, but I was going to get the tomahawk. Oh, that's, that's impressive here. There may not be enough room on our uh, on our uh, setup here for the for a big tomahawk steak. But that looks awesome. That is nice. Very nice. Awesome. You can hurt a man with that thing. Yep. Uh, Broadus, I want to start with you here. Yeah. Uh, Today we learned that Lyle Collins did not practice because right. of a back. We know Tyron is not playing this yeah. week. Uh, do we have an issue here? I, my my uh, take was, hey, it's just Wednesday. You got plenty of time. But yeah, no, I, I think in talking to some folks in the organization about that, you know, they uh, uh, Lyle Collins did come up with a back, like you said, KT. But they're not worried about it. Oh, they're, good. They're, they're not. I mean, it seems like if you're going to play well, you have to have a back issue on this offensive line. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with, with Collins, the report was that, that should, he should be okay and that, uh, you know, that we'll probably see him back tomorrow and then, uh, we'll, uh, and then he'll get ready for the game and prepare that way. KT, you didn't like the idea of Cam Fleming at one tackle and Connor Williams at the other? I didn't like the idea of just a full-scale switch happening on <laughs> Wednesday. I was like, you know what, can we just wait? And just, but uh, well, you is know that the, the plan? Is that the swing tackle, well, Connor Williams? Yeah. Connor Williams well, be He's going to be yeah. the swing tackle. And yeah. so my next question was, so if it, you have to play that way, who's the next tackle up? Because you don't have any more tackles. And it was like, yeah. well, Zach Martin can go outside. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, they, Boy, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like I say, it's, it's good that <laughs> it's good that uh, Collins will be back, and so then if they have to use Connor Williams, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, Mickey and I were having this discussion on our show today about that, and do you have to give Cam Fleming help because you know the the, the Packers do have a couple of quality rushers, the law firm of Smith and Smith, yeah. you know, is uh, you know, so yeah, I, I think that, but the thing about Cam Fleming is he's made some quality starts. He started in a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but I think Mickey's right. We've all kind of talked about there's there's things that about him that aren't pretty when you watch him block. There's there's the technique is a little off. Uh, you know, he kind of does things in a flailing manner, but he manages to keep his feet and stay in front of his guy. I don't know how he does it a lot of the time. But, uh, you know, that's kind of what they're, you know, when you're going to battle, they try to protect themselves the best they can with adding a guy that has experience. Now, mind you, it's probably not the the most ideal situation, but at least they feel good about that. We're, we're early here, but do you guys think Connor is more of a tackle than a guard? You know, I, I, I've never seen him play tackle. So yeah, I, can't I mean, I, I, I can only say I've seen him play tackle at Texas. I know right. KT yeah. has when we were doing scouting stuff in right. the spring. But, uh, you know, he was a left tackle at Texas in the Big 12. Did, I, I thought did a pretty good job there. Then he hurt his knee. Then right. he hurt his knee, and then it kind of slowed him up a little bit. The problem with him is not the athletic ability. It's just even though he's added bulk, there's still times you see him play. And Jay can address this as well because, he, you know, he played with his knees bent and get under guys and kind of work them. When he gets tall, it's a problem for him. And sometimes you see, you see rushers get under him and leverage him, and it kind of walks him. And, you know, you don't need that on that edge, and especially inside. 
you don't need those guys that walk you like that, and that that's going to be a problem for him. You know, if if Cam Fleming has any uh, advantage in this game, he played against Preston Smith last year. In the Redskins. Against yeah. the Redskins. Oh, wow. yeah, that sure was did. one of his starts. Yeah. Right. And there were times it wasn't real pretty. Not at all. He was better against the run than he was in pass blocking. And one of the mm. things the Cowboys did was about 75% of the time there was a tight end over there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the tight end didn't always help him, but he was there to make sure that the guy didn't go around him to the outside. He had to go inside. Or they had a running back over there. And when the running back went out, he went out so that – the guy couldn't rush to the outside. He would, and, and so he had a little cushion there, right? Yeah. Uh, but there was some pass blocking that. You want to, Who, who's the best blocking tight end on this team? Who do you guys think? That's well, you mean pass blocking. Yes, yeah, yeah, staying okay. and, and pass block or run block. Well, run, we, I, I'm thinking. I'm gonna tell you right now. If you have to have Jason Witten in there to to help out, then you're losing a great receiver. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I remember when we were playing Green Bay and, and uh, Reggie White was over there. Absolutely, With yeah. Eric Williams. Yeah. And I don't know what that great offensive mind of Norv Turner was thinking. <laughs> Did you get hump moved? Did he put you well, over he, there? He put me in to help out <laughs> Eric Williams. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now yeah. that the first two times I set up to help pass block yeah. with Eric Williams on Reggie White, Eric about knocked me out when he knocked Reggie out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had to get out of the way. I was scared. I mean, I was like, whoa. You know, I mean, I mean Eric was amazing when yeah. it came to Reggie. Oh, he hated playing. Reggie White hated playing him. Oh, I was working did. with the Packers at the time. Oh, We, was, we beat yeah. San Francisco. We're going to the championship game in Dallas, and, and no. everybody's happy, and Reggie White's sitting in his locker looking down, and he was like, Reg, what's wrong? He is. Eric Williams. Yeah. <laughs> he knew. He they, knew. Yeah, they moved he him hated, around. He, yeah. he hated playing Eric Williams more than any other player. And yeah. here's a Hall of Fame, unbelievable yeah. player. But, to, you know, to, to the point, instead of, you know, maybe the Cowboys can make an adjustment when they take Joe Looney and they just play with an extra, you know, you put, a, you put Joe Looney out next to, you put Joe Looney out next to Cam Fleming. Interesting. And, make, and put two offensive linemen to that side. Now, if you had somebody, if you were playing somebody that was really just a, a, a blowing and going type of guy over there, say you're playing, uh, you know, the guy at the Bears. Say you're playing Khalil, yeah. Khalil Mack. You're playing somebody like that, Vaughn Miller, somebody that you're really worried about them capturing the edge all day. Well, then put, put a guy over there like a Joe Looney and have him sit on the edge and make him have to, those guys have to fight two offensive linemen, not a, a, a pass-catching tight end. And a, and a tackle. Would your pass-catching yeah. tight end in that scenario be more Jarwin? Well, they, they, you know, Jarwin needs to play more, I agree. in my, in my yeah. opinion. I, I think agree. that Blake Jarwin, I mean, I love Jason Witten. I mean, I was on the staff that brought him here. But, I mean, I think that Blake Jarwin gives you a little something down the field, a little bit further down the field. I don't want yeah. to I, – I, look, this guy down here, numbers-wise, yeah. is more Witten, but Jarwin has some – Novacek style athletic ability. Uh, no question. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't I, want to go that far. No, well, I, 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 I'm all apologies the to way Blake Jarwin. I, the, way I, the way I did things, nobody wants to do them like me. That was nuts. You were like a, you're like a modern tight end back then. That was nuts. Oh, no. Down the field here's what athlete. They, here's what they need to do, though. They need to mix it up. Yeah. So, they, so that rusher does not know what's coming. Right. All, that's all you have to do. You might let – 
Witten will stay in a couple times. Sure, sure. You know, that's no big deal. Sure. Back can chip him every now and then. Sure. Have it so they don't know what's going on. Anytime, I'm going to tell you right now, I saw DeMarcus Ware in here. Yeah, guy looks you know? good too, by the way. Oh, Does yeah. he look like he can go well, out and play tomorrow? He's still play, yeah. Yeah. I, I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. He's like a Hollywood actor. Yeah. Yeah. You, get, you get a defensive player to think, and you beat him. Yeah. Because all they're doing, they're, they're 100% of the time, they have to react to what's going on. So if you get them to think, it's very difficult. Only the great ones, you know, someone like DeMarcus is where yeah. he's a great one. He can think and react at the same time. Most of them can't. Right. And so you get that situation. You get them to think, what's going to happen? Is the tight end going to set up and get me? Is the back going to come chip me? What is the situation here? And it slows them down just enough that the – Right. Tackles in this instance can get set up and get their body in position to be a player. You what? know, the other thing they did last year when they played Washington, they used a lot of two tight ends. Right. And they put both of them over there. Right. Yeah. So now the guy doesn't know which yeah, one's no blocking well, and which one's going out. Yeah, and that's the thing with the Packers. When you watch them play, they flip their outside linebackers. Yeah. So it's not like you're having one guy rush on the right side or yeah. left side. So you have to determine who, you know, if, if Preston Smith is killing you in the game, you know, okay, maybe you think about that or vice versa. I have a feeling they're going to go after, they're going to go after Cam Fleming. I really, really do. They're, I think they're going to whoever they determine, whoever they determine their best rusher is of the two Smiths. I have a feeling that's the side they're going to put him on, and, and that and that leads to Jay's point of putting a tight end over there or chipping him with a back and all that. Then you could get a better bead on what you want to do. And this is kind of where we go back to the first of the segment, talking about Lyle needing to be healthy, right? Because the thing about the Packers that they're not. Uh, as much like the Cowboys, more of a downhill defense. They're more of a, we're going to try to trick you. We're going to try to, we're going to blitz a guy, uh, a, a, a secondary blitz, guy. Yeah. We're going to play in dime quite a bit. Yeah. And we're not going to tackle very well. Yeah. And we're going to let you run on us, and we're going to hope to not break. Like, they're going to just try to confuse you. And if you have two starters missing on the offensive line yeah. instead of one, that creates a lot of issues. That's why shuffling guys around and moving Connor to right tackle and bringing in Suofilo and whatever happens, that's that's what makes me nervous. So that's too many moves. I Give really me some 22 personnel. <laughs> Give me some 22 personnel. Oh, wait, Let's do this. If you had a real fullback, that'd be nice. <laughs> two running backs, two tight ends. We yeah. can do a little bit Let's of that. Let's go. Yeah. And, and then your, uh, your wide receiver right now, we'll see we'll, we'll see if Gallup plays. It looks oh, like he I probably he will. will. Oh, he's going to play. I Which, think by the Mickey way, say he plays. You know, he had his knee scope for meniscus. That, that, that's a one-duck hunt deal, and you're back on the <laughs> See there? 95? <laughs> yeah. 95, yeah. It, you, you missed the last game of the season, was Correct. that it? Yeah. And then they got a bye. Right. And then he played in the playoff game. Is yeah, that right? I, I practiced the next week, yeah. <laughs> what, what was your, Real I can't tough remember. guy, see? I told you I went duck hunting. <laughs> during the game, I was out duck hunting. You were, so. you were a track and field guy too, right? What was your event? I did the, the decathlon. God. There you go. Okay. You guys realize what a stud athlete this guy is down here? (laughs) What all does the decathlon uh, entail? You need all 10? You need all 10? Yeah, it's all 10. Okay. You start out out with 100 meters, right? Then you long jump, throw the shot put, high jump, and end up that day with the 400 meters. And then the second day, you come out with 110-meter high hurdles. Uh, You throw the javelin. This is a tight end. (laughs) Throw the javelin. You high jump. Throw the discus, and then end up with the uh, fifteen hundred meters. Fifteen hundred meters. Well, so they didn't make you, they didn't make your pole vault. What's that? You didn't have to pole vault. No, 
Yeah, I didn't say that, did I? Yeah. <laughs> you pull, yeah. Oh, you okay. do pole vault. Yeah, you, you do pole vault. 110 yeah. meter high hurdles. You pole vault, throw the javelin. Yeah. Yeah. Discus. Yeah. I, I see. I already messed up. Dude, was, there's ten of them. Boy, that yeah. shot put maybe interchangeable. Was it the eight thousand or something? Through the shot, you threw the shot. You threw the disc. You threw the javelin, and then you high jumped. You vaulted and you long jumped, and then you had the four. So I don't know where I messed up on the days. But <laughs> well, you said while. high jump twice, so one oh, of those I? was okay, pole yeah. vault. Boy, yeah. that pole vault's great on the knees, isn't it? It's got to feel <laughs> awesome. And then you finished no, with. Oh, I love the pole vault. Really? Yeah, I was, I was a good vaulter. You finished with the 800? Is that with what 1500. it was? 1500. 1500. 1500. Oh. Yeah. 1500 meters. So whoever, the last man standing, right? By the time you get to the 1500. Bruce Jenner. You know, it, it was... Wave the flag. <laughs> we don't want to talk about him right now. <laughs> and it is the happy hour. Brought to you by SWBC Mortgage on 105.3 The Fan and the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Coming up next, uh, we'll have segment four of four with Jay Novacek, Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, and Jeff Skin-Wade. We'll be right back to the happy hour. By, brought to you by SWBC Mortgage.
back, back to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Yes, we are good, sir. I'm Kevin K.T. Turner from the Ben and Skin Show on 105.3 The Fan. This is the Happy Hour brought to you by SWBC Mortgage. And it's on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, DallasCowboys.com, and also locally on 105.3 The Fan. I'm joined tonight by Jeff Skinway of the Ben and Skin Show, Brian Broaddus of DallasCowboys.com, Mickey Spagnola of DallasCowboys.com, and also Jay Novacek is in the house. Yeah. Yeah, who would have thought I would have shown up here? <laughs> <laughs> How's that, uh, how'd that steak work God. out for you over there? The steak is working out exceptionally. Yes. <laughs> you know, I'm yes, thinking yes. when I look at all this food, if they need to sell memberships up here, they just bring people up and feed them. There yeah. we go. Yeah. And they'll sign on the dotted no line. Yeah. Hey, there's a waiting list for these memberships. Yeah. They're, uh, they're doing well. But look at KT got us a table. It says reserved. It says reserved. Yeah. Nice I'm yeah. confident I had zero to do with that, but I'll Take the credit for it, happily. Atta, baby. Uh, Jay, how do you like your steak cooked? It's done very well. Medium rare. Oh, medium rare. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that's my go-to. Medium rare is kind of yeah, where I like that. It's, it's a, a very common yes. order. Yes. yes. But it's, it's the perfect, it's the sweet spot right Yeah, I, there, I so. got the uh, cowboy ribeye. There we go. Yeah. It's good stuff up here uh, in the Cowboy Club. Uh, Packers this week, also 3-1. and one. Uh, I think everyone was kind of angry at the Packers last week when they failed to put away the Eagles. <laughs> on Thursday night football. You mean like from the one-yard line the, a couple times? Yeah, from the one-yard line, times? like six different plays <laughs> from the one-yard line. Uh, but they do have Aaron Rodgers, and yeah. I think any Cowboys fan of, in recent uh, history uh, has bad Aaron Rodgers memories. Um, I have uh, a guy who grew up with a family who uh, follows the Packers. I've seen a lot of Aaron Rodgers in my time. And, and Brett uh, Favre, too. And Brett Favre, of course, and he got you a Super Bowl ring there, bro. Sure did. Although <laughs> you, you had something to do with that as well. Yeah. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers, where would you guys kind of rank him on, you know, the best quarterbacks you've ever seen? You know, I know there's a lot of guys, and you played with one of them in Troy, and Steve Young was great in that era in Montana, but where would you guys kind of rank uh, Aaron Rodgers in, in, in history of, of guys you've seen play? Uh, I, I think when you're looking at it in history, I mean. It's hard to know, you, right? If you go back the, in time. If you're in the top 50, you're exceptional. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You know, I would say. Golly, top twenty-five. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't, something else. I don't mean there. this to dismiss the question in any way. I understand it, and especially working in sports talk, I understand it. But to me, this is always about we're splitting hairs of greatness. Yeah. And so, whenever these conversations come up, my first response is, "Well, hell, I can win with any of them." You know, if you have, to your point, when you get to the level that Aaron Rodgers is at. And we're going to sit here and we're going to argue about a guy that's won two Super Bowls or been to a Super Bowl and all this stuff. You know, there's when I was growing up, it was all about Joe Montana. And, you know, I grew up a Cowboy fan, so we got Staubach and then we got Aikman and all this. But Joe Montana is kind of the, the gold standard. And then after Joe Montana, there's a bunch of great quarterbacks in there. And then you're moving to Tom Brady. And so if you played quarterback in either of those eras, you're getting overshadowed because of what those guys did. But to your point, you know, it's like, hey, who's better, Jordan or LeBron? Well, hell, I'm going to win a bunch of championships with either of them. Right. When you get, and I think Aaron Rodgers is that level. When we're talking about whatever the greatest quarterbacks are, yeah. he belongs in the discussion. No, absolutely. Yeah, the quarterbacks that played in the salary cap era because of the way the teams turn over. I, I grew up with, Great I grew up with Roger Staubach and then and watching Joe Montana and those guys play, uh, Terry Bradshaw, those guys. Their team never turned over. 
uh, Joe right. Montana had the same offensive line. Harris Barton, Jesse Sapulo, uh, you know, had the same line, had the same receivers, had the same back in Roger Craig. You know, yeah. the salary cap era never affected him in the way he played. His mm. players remained the same. Yeah. So all of a sudden you get a guy like Brady whose team rolls over every 30, uh, you know, 30 uh, percent. Uh, Manning's team rolls over every 30 percent. Aaron Rodgers' team rolls over every 30%. And then you have injury, and they can't replace the guys because they can't afford guys, and the players aren't good enough. I, I have the utmost respect for the quarterbacks that have played in the salary cap era that have had success. You know, and I, Jay talks about top 25. I would say you'd have to have Aaron Rodgers in the top five of wow. all-time quarterbacks just because, of, again, he's had to deal with so much turnover. Now, Ted Thompson, the general manager of the Packers, was able to hold some of that together, but they, you know, they just weren't able to hold it all together. And I, I just think that those guys, like I said, the utmost respect for the Tom Brady's of the world and those guys that, that played when their roster is just constantly getting churned. The Aaron Rodgers is so good that I had a feeling of dread, and KT will know we talked about this ad nauseum. I had an immediate feeling of dread when the Cowboys were marching and Jason Garrett called that timeout. I had I'm dread. Of which game? I mean, well, the, I'm sorry, the playoff times. game. The playoff yeah. game that, you know, 34, Dak, 31. Dak led him back, yeah. which was incredible for a rookie quarterback. And they're marching, and Jason Garrett called a timeout so everybody could breathe. And when he called that timeout, I had dread. And it was because the other guy is so good. Yeah. And if that's how you do I mean, to me, that's a way to define greatness. It's like, Hey, we're not even thinking about what we're trying to do. I'm just worried about whatever's going to happen as you soon as that guy too gets, much time. left him too much time. Yeah. Just one second too many. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just one. Right? Yeah. It's all he needed. That's yeah, all he needed. And, and for the guy to hold David Irving from behind. Yes, there yeah. was well, a – That was a bet. Well, the ref should have thrown the ball. Back on, on the – That one right back on the <laughs> – Right we go. Right back there. How about the blitz, though, from Jeff Heath that hits him on the backside and he, and he doesn't up, lose the and ball. And he holds yes. on to the ball. That, that right there tells you all you need to know about toughness of a quarterback, the willingness to win, all those things. He's standing there and, and Heath blasts him. And most quarterback, that ball's flying, and here comes Orlando Scandrick to pick it up Game's over for the Dallas Cowboys. And that, you, you know, know what I say about that? Wow. It's his job to hold on to the ball. That, you, damn <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and here's the bottom line on it. The guy last Thursday threw for 440 yards yeah. at his age. Yeah. yeah. I don't care who you're playing, right? It's hard to throw for 440 yards against air right. without, you know, screwing up. And he's not who he used to be. He's had a couple of injuries. But yeah, well, he sure very, looked good to me. He's still mm -hmm. very good, and that was his best game of the year. Go in that locker room and ask those DBs oh what they think. And they're sitting there, and they're rolling their eyes like, are you kidding me? He's running out of the pocket, yeah. throwing on the run, and he's throwing darts. Uh, accurately, you know, this is where I went the other when I was thinking about uh, Devontae Adams, their number one wide receiver, maybe not be might not be playing, yeah, and that would be a huge lift for the Cowboys because they don't have because of the salary cap era, because of, they chose to spend a lot of money on defense, they don't have a lot of big time weapons. They've got a couple of Geronimo doing anything for you, Geronimo Allison's okay, <laughs> Valdez Scantling. Valdez Scantling's a pretty good player, but he's you know kind of straight line down the Big field. Tall guy. guys, man. They got uh, great names. Jimmy those Graham guys. is a shell of himself, but you could still throw it up to him and yeah. alley oop it, and he'll he's go still up and six get it. seven, right? Mm -hmm. He had so, a big touchdown last Thursday night. Yes. But the game I thought about the most of the recent Cowboy Packers battles over the last you know five years 
was the game that he didn't play in. It was the Matt Flynn game. Yes. Oh. And they that was 28 to 3 or something like and that. And that's where I went. I don't think they, this Packers team has that offensive firepower to do that with a backup quarterback, much less do it with Rodgers. I don't think they have the firepower that they had in 2016 or 2014 and the Dez Cottett game. I don't think they have that firepower that they had in years past. So that's what I, I personally think the Cowboys are going to have a pretty – it's not going to be an easy win by any means, but I think the Cowboys are going to get a W. I'm picking them this week. Um, and I know what the Packers have on the defense. They cannot stop the run, and they're going to have to scheme it. They can't do it with personnel and size and talent. They don't have that up front. They're going to have to do it through scheme on defense. So Is I've you, got the Cowboys winning on Sunday, and I'm pretty you, confident you, you about follow, it. You follow the Packers quite closely, though. What is the one thing that – if you, what would be your biggest concern – if you're a Packer fan or a Packer player about this game this week for them? About, oh, just stopping the Cowboys running attack that you think on the Cowboys- Sunday night didn't, you know? But, but they, have a, they have a reputation of being a team that can run and impose their will. I, 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 haven't, haven't, the, haven't the Cowboys played a Packer team before that was really bad against the run or they were number one in the league in the run? I mean, I'm trying to remember back. Yeah, they, there was were. Some, they were. And they, they ran all over them. But they were number one in the league, yes, right? Yeah. They were number one in the yeah. league and then the Dallas ran all yeah, over them. It was the game Matt they ended game. up winning. Yeah. 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 I think this is They're a like really hard to carry in that game. I'm, yeah. I'm basing some of this. So uh, Michael Lombardi came on the station sure. today. And this is a really big Kellen Moore game to me because he's very early in this. And there's so much talk about what the game plan was against the Saints. And we're all sitting here talking about, well, you can run against the Packers all day. Well, the Packers know this. So there's, there's a lot of – and it's a, it's a little bit different when you're at home than when you're at New Orleans in terms of what you can roll out. I Crowd think that has, for real. that has an impact. But I think this is a really interesting Kellen Moore game in terms of an approach – how they're going to go about their business, and if what they're doing doesn't work, what do they adjust to make it work? You know, yeah. this is this is interesting. You bring up Kellen Moore. So Jay was with the Cowboys when North Turner was a first-year offensive coordinator. Oh wow! How did how did at what point did you guys get confidence in him that he knew what he was doing? Because you knew the previous offensive coordinator didn't know what he was doing. Well, you said that, not me. Okay. <laughs> and I did. Shots fired at David Shula. Yeah. <laughs> in training camp. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. That's soon. In training camp, we knew we knew Norv knew what he was doing. and we. <laughs> but he also had the perfect players yes. to, put in, to, to instill his offense. You know, and we're talking about the, the running game in, in, in rushing against uh, Green Bay. You know, yes, they're going to scheme it. They don't want they right. don't want to have this offense just run the ball up and down the field. But they're going they will be successful at stopping it. But when you do it like that, there's always those times when somebody messes up, and it's a big run. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's going to break them. Yep. All right. Let's give it up for Jay Novacek, everyone. Jay Novacek's in the house. All right. All right, Brian. Damn Bonas. American Thank hero right there. there. Mickey Thanks. Spagnola. Are you yeah. telling me the hour's up already? Yeah, it's up. got a hard out to monitor Happened over so here. Fast, Jeff Skinway here, clap it for him. Whatever. So thank you very much, guys. Cowboys, Packers, 325 on Sunday. And thank you to everyone listening, whether it be the DallasCowboys.com stream, the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, or locally on 1053 the fan. This has been the happy hour brought to you by SWBC Mortgage. Yeah.